on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. If we get you a job in the first two weeks, you know, wouldn't that be awesome? A proposed rules change could lead to a shift in focus from unemployment to re-employment. Statistics show continued economic growth in Iowa, but business confidence is lagging behind. And in our business profile, we'll hear about an events company that is getting you into the holiday spirit in a very big way. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of November 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Early last month, we talked on this program with Beth Townsend, Director of Iowa Workforce Development, about programs and services the agency offers. Since then, Governor Kim Reynolds announced proposed changes to jobless benefits, increasing the work search requirements, but also accelerating the time in which the agency can provide help. That led us to reconnect recently with Beth Townsend about those new plans. The original language and intent of unemployment insurance, it was created in the 30s by President Roosevelt. I mean, literally in the 30s, everybody knows that was during the Great Depression. People were literally starving to death. And so the unemployment insurance program was designed to help bridge the gap between jobs because unemployment rate at that point in our history was, you know, 15, 20 percent. And you might be unemployed for several weeks, but you still had mouths to feed. So it was originally designed to provide that stopgap. And then it's kind of morphed into, you know, we provide 26 weeks of benefits. We have very generous benefits. And the focus has been on paying those benefits. And we want to say we should be focusing on getting people to the next job as quickly as possible. Normally what happens is when people are unemployed, they're supposed to be engaging in two work search activities a week in order to maintain their benefits. Uh, we don't really have any way to monitor or audit that, and certainly didn't during the pandemic when we had you know just astronomical numbers of claims. That was, that was impossible to do. But as part of this reemployment case management program, we hope to start after the first of the year, that's when the new work search activity requirements will will uh, take place. So everybody will get a 30-day notice before it goes from two to four. But the idea being that we're going to proactively reach out to people who are on unemployment and say, from week one, okay, let's get a plan. Let's talk about your experience. Let's talk about what industry you want to work in. Let's talk about what you're looking to do. Let's compare that to employers that are in your neighborhood right now that are hiring. Let's get you hooked up. If we get you a job in the first two weeks, you know, wouldn't that be awesome? But that should be the focus of unemployment or reemployment, as we're calling it. So that's the big change is changing the focus from waiting for you to come to us for assistance. Now we're going to be reaching out to you to say we have all these resources available. If you could meet the career navigators in our offices, they get up every morning and are excited to help people. Sometimes when you lose your job, that's a really low point, one of the lower points of your professional life, certainly. And it takes a little while to get up off the carpet. Well, we've got people who have been there and who are willing to help you do that. And this could be the best thing that ever happened to you from a professional standpoint, because there's so many great jobs out there right now. We tend to be complacent. And if we're comfortable in a job, Mm -hmm. we don't often 
kick ourselves in the rear and try to do something else. It's only when we are forced to. And I know from talking to people that have been shuttled out, shall we say, of a job, and they've even been given a severance. Mm -hmm. And they tend to, instead of saying, I'm going to get that next job right away, and then I'm actually going to be much better off, they wait until near the end of the severance and say, oh, gosh, I guess I better go find a job. And I suppose you could have a similar situation with jobless benefits where people say, all right, I'll do my two contacts and I'm getting near the end of the time. Oh, geez, I better do something. That's not good for the psyche because work is good for people. Well, you're never going to get rich off of unemployment benefits legally because there is a cap on those and there's a maximum amount of time you can get them and it's based on your previous wages. And so you are much better off getting a new job that's going to pay you a better salary, provide benefits, and it's just good for your soul to be working. And so for the scenario that you proposed about maybe someone got laid off or, or got a severance package and they're looking at a new career, that's what we want to talk to you about because there are so many new training programs available, short term, long term. Hawkeye Community College has a lot of short term credential programs that you could go in a completely different direction. They have ways to pay for those programs so it doesn't cost you any money. The last dollar scholarship here in Iowa has been a really big boon to getting people into these programs that are going to get them in-demand credentials that are going to lead to really good paying jobs. And so not only can we help you find a job, but we can help you find training program to get you fully employed or maybe re-employed in a new industry. And the thing that, again, is important about it, other than the headline that some people were pushing of, they're going to double the work reporting requirements. Well, the idea is to get people employed. And the idea is we have all of these unfilled jobs. It would appear if we give you more incentive to stay at home as opposed to get a job, that's not good for anybody. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a little more encouragement, shall we say, that says, if you're not currently working and you can work, you should be looking for new employment. And then the other half of that, as you noted, here, let us help you do that. Right. Well, and if you think about it, So let's say you've been unemployed for 10 weeks and you've applied for 20 jobs and you're not getting callbacks Mm -hmm. and you don't have a job in an environment where everybody's hiring. That would lead us to believe that there's something in your resume that isn't working. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the jobs that you're applying for. Maybe it's your interviewing skills. So we want to help you resolve those issues so that you don't have to go 10 weeks of continually filing for new jobs to try to get an interview and to try to get an offer. Let us help you from the very beginning and make sure your resume and your interview skills are at peak form. And then when you go out and apply for a job, the likelihood of success is going to be increased significantly. And that's what we want to do. This isn't about preventing people from getting unemployment. This is about getting people their next job because that's what's going to be good for the state. That's what's going to be good for you and your family. That's why it was so helpful when you brought the historical reference. This is why we started this. Perhaps we've gotten a little far away from it, at least in some people's Mm -hmm. psyche. So let's get it back to it being a safety net as we help you. And I see on various social media, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn, and so if it's there, it has to be true, right? But where people are saying, I'm trying to find a job. I keep hearing about all these openings. Well, it brings the point that you mentioned. Maybe you're not applying for the right jobs. Maybe you're not selling yourself the best way you can. And that's why all of these re-employment programs are so helpful that you folks have had. And people, maybe if they're newly 
out of work, something they haven't been in past years. They just don't know what's available. Right, right. Or how to go about, you know, if you if you were fortunate enough to have a job for 10 or 15, 20 years, and it's been a while since you looked for a new job, there's new ways to look for new jobs, and there's new ways that employers are recruiting, and you may not be taking advantage of those. Or if you're not looking online, you may not be aware of all of the available opportunities. So, and if you've been looking for a long time and you still don't have a job, then, you know, you need some help and we want to help you. And our career navigators in our workforce offices are specially trained to overcome any barriers and to help you be successful in your job search. Basic websites where they can go to learn about all of these programs. Sure. Well, if you're looking for a job, I would encourage you to go to iowaworks.gov, which is our job bank. Over 86,000 job openings in Iowa on the website. IowaWorkforceDevelopment.gov also has a ton of resources, as does FutureReadyIowa.gov, HomeBaseIowa.gov, and EarnAndLearnIowa.gov. Beth Townsend is Director of Iowa Workforce Development. We spoke in Waterloo on October 29th. Still to come, positive data and one of the brightest holiday activities Iowa has ever seen. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, a comprehensive consulting program designed to work with mid-sized companies to enhance their growth. Advance Iowa assists firms in overcoming obstacles and helping identify new opportunities. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from Iowa History Journal. The new November-December issue features stories on legendary educator Phoebe Sudlow, 175 years of Iowa statehood, and a cyclone who ran Monsanto. Get your copy at Fairway, Hy-Vee, and at iowahistoryjournal.com. The latest Mid-America Business Conditions Index report was released as per custom on the first of this month, and the survey, which is overseen by Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss, has some very positive numbers. The current number for the nine-state region, including Iowa, is up to 65.2. That's an increase from 61.6 the previous month. Any score above 50 suggests economic growth. That's great, but Dr. Goss says nearly one-third of supply managers reported that inventory stockpiling is contributing significantly to supply chain bottlenecks. Another common theme, more than a quarter of those surveyed, said finding and hiring qualified workers was a key factor accounting for supply chain problems. Iowa's growth was even stronger than the regional number. Iowa's business conditions index rose from 62.8 to a current level of 67.8. Over the past year, Dr. Goss says Iowa manufacturing employment increased by 4.1 percent, third best in the region, and hourly wages jumped by 3.2 percent. But a cautionary note, looking ahead through the first quarter of next year, economic optimism is stagnant. Only 37.0, the lowest level since the onset of COVID in the first quarter of 2020. Coming up, a rip-roaring good holiday time. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. 
The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Waste Reduction Center. Devoted to environmental consulting, assistance, training, and education for entities with environmental impact or need. Online at iwrc.uni.edu. The Iowa Business Report is also presented by TotallyIowa.com, a website dedicated to Iowa topics. Books, DVDs, CDs, radio programs, and more, all at TotallyIowa.com. A news release came this past week and it got our attention. It told of a plan to create a pop-up Christmas bar in downtown Des Moines. So, in this week's business profile, we'll introduce you to Michael Zimmerman of Rip Roar Events, based in the Des Moines metro area. Rip Roar Events is a Des Moines-based event company, right? And so, we started in 2015 and we primarily produced endurance events up until the beginning of COVID. So we put on races that, that people know here in the Metro. We put on the old Dam to Dam race. We put on a kids triathlon series. We've got a big Thanksgiving day event that's coming up. So we kind of made our mark originally through putting on large scale endurance events. But obviously for the last year and a half, two years, that hasn't been the best business model. And so during COVID, we kind of had to adapt. And one of the things that we found we were doing very well was kind of coming up with experiences, maybe for less people, but experiences or, or activations, as they say in our industry, that were ways in which we could still engage an audience and still build out something that was memorable. And that led us to this point, really. And so now we're still doing the big events. Thankfully, those are coming back, but we've now got a good mix of experience and endurance. Well, now you've got what I would call a big event that's called Snow Globe DSM for Des Moines. It is something that folks in this part of the country probably haven't seen before. Tell us, first of all, what Snow Globe Des Moines is and who you're working with to make this happen. It's a very new concept here in Des Moines. It's actually been around since about, we think it originated around 2014 or so in New York City. But the idea is it's, it's what's called a pop-up Christmas bar. In loose terms, that's, that's what you can look at it as. But essentially, we're going to bring Clark Griswold and, and his inspiration inside Exile Brewing Company for about six weeks. So Exile is the largest brewery, if you will, here in the state of Iowa. But they've got this great space, about 5,000 square feet of restaurant and bar located downtown. And we went to him and we said, hey, we, we just have this idea that we think would be really cool. We've seen other people do it in other parts of the country, but we want to build it even bigger than that. And through our conversations with the proprietor, RJ Tursey, he just kept saying, as long as it's bigger than, the, you know, it's just got to be huge. It's just got to be big. And so we've gone all in. We've got a semi truck, quite literally a semi truck full of Christmas decor and a little over a mile of Christmas lights that are going up starting last week in exile and we're hoping, Jeff, that there'll be this moment kind of like in the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where we get to like literally put the uh, plugs together and the whole thing will light up and it will be a spectacle that the city of Des Moines can appreciate. Without some of the downsides of Mr. Griswold's attempt over the course of time <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. If somebody is familiar here in Des Moines, there's a really well-known attraction called Jolly Holiday Lights, yes. right? Where you drive through and you see all the lights. We're going to take all of that stuff and we're going to put it inside. And the name of the game with what we're doing isn't necessarily to have it all be the way that maybe you would do it at your house and make it super, super classy. It's just about having stuff everywhere. Every usable space we want to have covered. We've got, for example, three or four eight-foot-tall nutcrackers and three or four eight-foot-tall Santa Clauses and probably 200 small Santas that will be hanging around the space. 
And then just multiply that out over ornaments and Christmas boxes and trees and of course lights. And so it's the type of uh, sensory overload that kind of we're going for. And what will hopefully make going back to a restaurant something that will be memorable and families can take their family members there when they're home for the holidays and everything else. So will there be anything on the outside to draw people in, or is it going to essentially be, this is exile brewing, it's like it always looks until you come in the front door and then bam, it just hits you like you've walked into a Christmas snow globe? As far as like actual activations for people outside, there might not be quite as many, but the reality is we're putting 30-foot inflatable Santas on the roof of exile. We're going to have a whole yard, if you will, full of inflatable Christmas trees and Santas. So you should be able to see this from space when we're done with it, and it should light up as such. But the real good stuff is probably inside the doors. So how did you come upon this partner in Des Moines and Exile Brewing, and how did you then work with folks who had done this previously so that we can get this unique Iowa experience that Rip Roar is coordinating? The idea of a Christmas pop-up bar is one now that's happening across the country, in fact, across the world. It's not happening yet in Des Moines, so that's why we wanted to bring it here. But one of the ones that we saw previously was in Lawrence, Kansas. It was called Snow Globe there, and we reached out. I I knew the guy who had started it. He used to be in the events industry doing endurance events, and he decided to go down this route. And it looked like he had had a lot of success. And, And what I liked about the model he was using is, for example... People who may have heard of these before in Kansas City or, or in other places, there's one called Miracle that's kind of around. There's there's Miracle Bars in, in a lot of big cities now, and those are pop-up Christmas bars, but it's left to the owners of the bar to kind of set everything up. And so really, you don't get the scale of somebody like myself or somebody like Ryan and Lawrence that really just want to see it done to the maximum level that it can be done. So I really think that when you start searching around and looking at all the different pop-up Christmas bars that exist, this will be one that will really stand out. And part of that is because of our partner at Exile. So like I said, Ripper puts on a lot of running events. One of the ones that we put on is called the EMC Dam to DSM. And we've been partnered with Exile on that one for a number of years. We've built a great relationship with them. Maybe a good enough relationship that when we called them and said, hey, we've got this idea we'd like to get you on the phone with, they went with it, right? Like it takes a pretty cool restaurant owner and, and bar owner to to hear that we want to unload a semi of Christmas stuff into his beautiful space. I mean, Exile is a great space and we just found the right partner. And and I think that that's going to make all the difference. Well, especially when you're talking about the holidays, that is a time of year when they may book parties, depending on what the restaurant is, they may book parties or they've got family gatherings, et cetera. And so they really are going out on a limb. So obviously that past relationship helped you cement this new one. Yeah, we had a little bit of data to go off of, actually. So because this has happened last year, Lawrence with Snow Globe, we were able to see the revenue chains that they had had at that bar previous to the pop-up coming in, and then what happened during the six weeks that the pop-up had been there. So, you know, we don't want to oversell things, obviously. We don't want to get to a point where we're we're things that we don't deliver. But on the same front, we feel pretty good about it. And in fact, before I got on the phone with you, I decided to pull some numbers uh, we've done 243 bookings since we opened about 90 minutes ago. So in the first 90 minutes, 243 people have signed up for one of their reservations, which tells me that much like what we've seen in Lawrence and other places, it's going to sell out pretty quick. And, you know, especially those brunch and weekend meals, hopefully we get to a point where where we've got a waiting list and, and a naughty and nice list that we can go off of. Oh, well, now you're going to try to channel your inner Santa Claus with that. That's uh, that's pretty inspired right there with the naughty and nice list. Okay, so how do you measure success on this? Is it simply traffic to the restaurant? 
in this limited time? Is it something you can't measure the success on for six months because Exile may want to see these folks come back as repeat business? How do you measure success on something like this? We're going to measure it in a few ways. One, we've got to measure it based on bookings and, and seeing how many reservations actually come in the door. Like I said before, we're going to compare revenue year over year. We're not going to count 2020. We're going to look at 2019 versus this year. We've already talked with Exile about you know what that looks like and what our hopes and expectations are. And the first place that we're going to start is let's get the total number of people that have been to the bar, to been to the restaurant let's get it back to 2019 numbers, right? I think that for any restaurant owner, any bar owner, any any business owner, really, like the first thing you're trying to do is get back to pre-pandemic levels on some of these things. Once we get there, and if we can start exceeding that, I think that we're all going to be pretty happy, but we're going in on this for a couple of years. Like, we've all decided that like, maybe this is something that people need to see in Des Moines for the first time for the first year. And then when we come back next year, we can even add to it. But I have no doubt that especially once people come and see it, it'll stand on its own and, and everyone's going to feel like we've got something pretty special going here. Michael Zimmerman of Rip Roar Events online at riproarevents.com. The Snow Globe Des Moines Christmas Bar within Exile Brewery is set to open in Des Moines during Thanksgiving week. Reservations began being taken for the experience this past week. We spoke via Zoom on Wednesday, November 3. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.